Hey, welcome to Night School. You know, if doing a Night School episode is the podcast equivalent of breaking sobriety compared to the the sober state of every night's a school night, pseudo-radio, if doing a Night School episode like this is breaking sobriety, then I'd say doing a mobile Night School episode is basically getting blackout drunk. That's how I feel after I do one. I did one yesterday, and every time I do one, every time I do a mobile episode, on one hand, I like the way my brain works when I walk, and one of the big reasons I walk is just because I like what it does to the thought process, something a lot of people have talked about, you know, just what walking does. There's something about having your body committed to some kind of action that frees your brain up. An action that doesn't require constant concentration. So walking in that way allows your mind to do things it might not do otherwise. Uh, And that's one of the reasons I like to do a mobile episode on occasion. But whenever I do them afterward, I I feel like I got blackout drunk and I'm just trying to pick up the pieces. So if night school itself is breaking sobriety, mobile night school is just getting blacked out. It's regret. Even if you had fun, because normally it is fun. Normally I like doing it. So it's, it's a perfect analogy. Just perfect. And if somebody were to ask me the perfect way to describe my species, if I were at some sort of intergalactic meeting with a lot of different species from different planets, and I were asked, describe your people as simply as you can. I would say, well, we pour liquid rock over everything. We live inside liquid rock. We work inside of liquid rock. But we, of course, we wait for it to harden. But most importantly, we lay liquid rock everywhere we want to go. And if we don't see hardened liquid rock in a given place, we feel like we can't even go there. If it's a dirt road, you know, don't go down there. We had dirt roads for long enough. And you know what dirt roads did for us? They got us dirty. Or worse, muddy. Because the thing about a good, a hardened road of liquid rock is that it doesn't turn to some sort of concrete. It doesn't turn into wet concrete again when it rains, although I wish it did. That'd be freaking awesome, actually, if when it rained, concrete turned soft again. Think about all the things you could write. Every time it rained, you'd be worried about some kid writing, writing his name in your driveway. But I do feel like that's one of the defining characteristics of human beings, modern human beings. I feel like in the same way that a chihuahua is defined by his strange growl, Strange growl. Um, The human being is defined by laying down that liquid rock, letting it harden so that you can go there, so that you can walk there, so you can drive there. And if there isn't that road of rock, if there isn't that straight line, too, you know, with lines on it. Because it wasn't just, let's, let's put some liquid rock down here and let it harden. Let's put some lines on it, too. You know what this, this road of, of liquid rock could use? Some lines. Otherwise, we won't know what we're doing. We won't know what we're doing if we don't have lines on this road. But that is a strange thing, and it's something that took me a while to realize. Maybe longer than most. Maybe little kids come out of the womb nowadays, 
and they say, oh, it's amazing that people have laid down all of this liquid rock and let it harden. And that it's everywhere. Maybe everybody just understands that it's rock. But because we call it concrete, because it's urban, because we associate it with development, with building things, and and urban development in particular, because, I mean, you go to a city, and that's where all the concrete's at. You know, sure, they lay down liquid rock on even country roads and let it harden, and you drive over it. But you go to a city, and everything is concrete. Everything. So maybe kids just recognize that. Maybe they're like, you know, this building, it's not too different from a mountain. This road, it's not too different from, you know, coming, a, coming across a patch of rock in, on a hike. Me, it took me a while. It was an epiphany when I realized, oh yeah, this is liquid rock, and we just lay it down everywhere, and then we just accept that it's somehow different than normal rock, even though it feels the same, even though we've drawn, you know, we've drawn lines on it, but it certainly feels the same. It sure seems like good old rock to me. But I'm thinking about walking a lot right now. I, I, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of walking, not just for the mental benefits, but it's something that you, know, you, you can get a very good workout. You can go on a long walk. You can maintain your body through walking. And right now, a lot of people are discovering that. A lot of people are d- discovering the joy of walking right now. And I'm one of those people, as a proponent of walking for all these years, sometimes I'll have this thought when I'm on a nice walk where I'm like, I'm surprised I don't see more people doing this. I'm surprised I don't see everybody I know walking on occasion. Yeah, you'll run into people sometimes, but they're usually doing something. They're going somewhere. You know, they're not walking for the sake of walking. They're walking to get somewhere or out of necessity. And a lot of people feel like it's a burden even. A lot of people feel like if they can't park uh, close to the front doors of a grocery store that they are inconvenienced in some way. Whereas the back of the parking lot's the best place. Parking in the back of the parking lot is where to park. You're less likely to have somebody park next to you. You get a little bit more exercise, not a lot. You can add it to your total. If you're one of these freaks who has a step counter, who measures every step you take in the day, you know, if you park in the back of a grocery store parking lot, you get a few more steps in. Hey, I got this technique for you. You get a few more steps in. You park in the back of the, the parking lot. But people often feel inconvenienced by walking. But right now, I think that walking feels convenient. They're home all day. And they want to get outside. They want to enjoy the air. They want to get some movement and exercise in. So a lot of people seem to be discovering that. And as much as I've asked the question to myself before, like, why aren't more people walking? Even just around the block. I don't expect people to go on, like, two- or three-hour walks through residential neighborhoods like I do. But at the very least, I'm just surprised I don't see more people walking around the block. You see people with dogs. You see people with reasons for walking, but you don't see a lot of people walking for walking's sake. And every once in a while, I will meet another person who walks to walk. Walks to walk. Hey, you you look like a guy who's walking just to walk. I like that. But one of my friends, uh, they're now married, but her then boyfriend, I ran into him on a walk. And it was exciting. I ran into somebody I knew in a place I didn't expect to find them because we both lived in the same neighborhood at the time, far away from this place. 
And we just, it turned out we were both on a walking adventure. So it was like a role playing game where it was like, we're going to, we're going to band together. We're going to put our forces together. And we ended up exploring, not too deeply, but we, we kind of checked out the ruins of an old brewery here, a historical place that's gone to ruin. Oh, you got your Colosseums in Rome? You got your old ancient Roman architecture? Well, we got an old brewery. It's cool, though. I like ruins. And I like walking. I like walking through ruins. I really do. I mean, it's not a joke. (laughs) Uh, Don't threaten me with a good walk through ruins. But it was nice running into somebody and realizing, oh, a fellow walker. And we talked about making plans to walk again, but you can't really do that. If you're a walker, the thing that's interesting about it is you just do it on your own. You just suddenly are like, I got to get out and I got to walk somewhere. Even if I have to drive somewhere, park, and then walk, I've just got to get out and walk, and I can't go through the song and dance of making plans. This walk can't wait. Is how I feel. And you can't schedule them, because when you're in the mood to walk, you just got to walk. It's hard to schedule into your day. I mean, I can do it any time. I can do it any time, but it's one of those things that is hard to schedule, because you just have to do it when you feel like it. But I'm so into walking that I don't even have to schedule it, because any moment of any day, I'm happy to go for a walk. And if I have a friend or a girlfriend or somebody who suggests going for a walk because I always feel like I'm the one dragging someone along like if I'm friends with somebody or I'm dating somebody it's just I feel like I have to drag them out and they have to do it just to humor me but when they suggest going for a walk I'm like a dog I'm like walk I'm like hovering by the door you know it's almost like uh, my uh, my legs are already spinning I'm practically banging my head in into the door, waiting for them to open it so we can go on our walk. I really am that way. I really am like a dog who just gets excited at the very suggestion of a walk. If you wanted to, if you wanted to talk like conceptually about walks and didn't want me to get excited, you'd have to spell it out. Like a parent who doesn't want their kid to know what they're saying. Like the Tammy Wynette song, D-I-V-O-R-C-E. You'd really have to spell out walk like you would for a dog. Because sometimes people do that with their dogs where they don't want to say walk in front of their dog. So they'll say, we're thinking about going for a W-A-L-K later. Because they just don't want the, the dog to get too excited. Do the same for me. If you know me, you know, don't get me excited. Don't lead me on with a walk if you're not planning on going for a walk. But when someone I know does suggest going for a walk, I'm just, oh my God, yes. Because I do like walking with people. It's not that I want to walk alone all the time. I just don't want to, I don't want to have to like go through five text messages and a phone call just to plan a walk. You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, it is nice in a way to see so many people walking, to know that people are experiencing that, but I have to remind myself it's nice because even though I used to go through this thought process where I was like, why doesn't everybody go for walks like me? Why doesn't everybody enjoy a nice evening walk? You know, why doesn't everybody just walk around and look at houses? Cause that's awesome. I love seeing the way people live. You know, I'm not weird. I'm not a trespasser. 
I, I, you know, I, I will never trespass on someone's property, on residential property. When it comes to other property, when it comes to like government property, commercial property, as long as I don't feel like I'm doing anything too wrong, I have no reservation about quote unquote trespassing on that kind of property. But residential property, I respect that. I have a lot of respect for residential boundaries. But I do like to look, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I like to look at the way people's houses look, the way their yards look. Uh, and if you're hanging out in the window, I'll look at you there. You know, I'll look at you. If I, as I pass by, I'll, I won't hang around. I won't case your house. But if I see somebody in the window, I'll glance. That always gets me, though. I've never been comfortable, like, sitting in the window of my house. Like, I'll see people in their comp- You can see their computer screen or their TV from the window, and I just think, I would never want somebody... You know, it's bad enough at home if you've ever had a computer and people are passing behind you all the time, family members are able to see what's on your screen, or at work, they decide to reposition your desk in a place where like every single person sees what, what's on your screen as they go on their break. That's a nightmare, and not even because you're looking at anything bad or anything you shouldn't be looking at at work. It's just knowing that people can see it, and I don't like having my back to anybody, period. Doesn't matter if I'm at a computer, at a restaurant, doesn't matter where I am, a park bench. I don't like to have my back to people. And I don't think that's paranoia. I think that's just being vigilant. I like to know where the exit is and I like to have my back to a wall. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. And I and I'd like to go for a walk too. <laughs> um if I'm not sitting with my back to a wall, eyeballing the exit. I'd like to go for a walk. I'd like to go for a walk. Um, but it is this thing just to, I'm trying to get to this point here, but it's that, you know, I used to have this feeling of like, why isn't everybody doing what I'm doing? Why isn't everybody else enjoying just a nice evening walk or a morning walk or any walk? Why don't I see more people I know? Why isn't everybody doing this? And it's sort of a form of like when you're really into something and you just can't conceive that everybody's not. Oh, I'm really into this band. Why doesn't everybody think this is the best band? Why doesn't everybody think this is the best taco shop? And it, kind of calling back here to my Endless Pursuit of Jewels episode a while back, because there's this tendency to be like, I found this jewel, and I don't understand why everybody doesn't appreciate this jewel. And then when suddenly people start enjoying that jewel, you're like, everybody's getting in my way. And they're taking away the enjoyment I get out of, the, out, of, out of having this jewel to myself. Oh, I used to love this hole-in-the-wall restaurant, and now everybody, everybody found out that it's the best taco shop in town. Now I don't like going there. You know, it's that sort of thing. Same thing with walks right now, honestly, because I'm finding that everybody's on the street. And I even go places, I'm even seeking places out in my immediate area where people aren't prone to walk. And I'm still having to avoid people. And I am getting a little annoyed, and not at them personally, because I'm glad they're out. I think it's healthy. I'm really glad that people are getting out and walking, and they're learning about that joy. They're learning about the joy about just walking to walk. So that's a good thing. But I do have to fight that feeling of like, uh... I don't have the roads to myself anymore. You know, I'm having to fight that feeling of being a little disgruntled about it, even though I know it's good. I know it's good that people are out on the street. 
I know it's good that children are playing, that random people are walking around constantly everywhere, but it's still a new thing for me because as much as I used to think people should be doing this, now I'm like, now that now that people are doing this, I'm just like, ah, now I got to avoid them. And especially now, because you can't get close to them. You're not supposed to get close. So that adds to it where you're having to play this game. It's almost like a video game of trying to stay away from people. Uh, you, you know, you cross the street and you have to cross. Am I going to cross the street or are they going to cross the street? It's like this game of chicken sometimes. And most people are pretty cool. But last night I was walking batty. And this lady was cutting kind of diagonally across the street toward me. And I knew she wasn't coming toward me, and I wasn't even remotely worried about it. I could tell she was just uh, crossing the street, and she was doing it diagonally. And I knew she wasn't going to, like, intersect with me. And I, it wouldn't even have been a big deal if we did pass each other. But she clarified. She spoke up, and she was like, Oh, I'm not heading toward you. And I was like, I was like, don't even worry about it. But it was funny to me just that that's a concern now. That person looks like they're heading toward me. But that's a concern now. But it, it is a little bit of a struggle just to get used to the fact that a lot more people are, are doing this thing that I have always enjoyed and wanted other people to do. But now that they're doing it, I'm like, it's kind of, it's just like the restaurant thing where it's like... Why doesn't everybody love this restaurant? Now that they do, it's like, oh, no. Now I have to make reservations. Now I have to think about it. Now I have to think about it when I go here. Uh, I can't always get my favorite seat. I can't always sit at my favorite table because other people know about it. And it might be their favorite table now. Just one of the struggles we go through. But overall, I'm very glad that people are walking. But something that I was thinking about, and it... It goes along with this liquid rock thing. It goes along with this walking thing. But it's the amount of places that aren't accessible or aren't are inconvenient. Places that don't have sidewalks. That's what I'm getting at. There are a lot of streets, you know, and I live in a I live in the capital of my state. It's pretty developed. You know, it's it's the sort of place where no matter where you are in Olympia, you're about a five minute drive from a semi rural area. While there's a, a small city here, and there's some suburban sprawl, you know, it's pretty easy to get out there at any given moment. It's pretty easy. If you just take any given street long enough, you know, because it's, it's not sprawling in the same way that the Seattle area is, where you just never escape cities and towns and strip malls. It's like, if you take a, a random road in the Olympia, Tumwater, Lacey area, Within five and ten minutes, there's a chance that you're going to get kind of out there. And it's not going to be a true rural area. You know, you're not going to go, you're not truly in the middle of nowhere. But it's semi-rural. It's certainly not developed like other places are. And they have roads. They're not dirt roads. Although you will find those too. But sidewalks, you know, you'll, you'll find that sidewalks suddenly disappear. And in that way, you know, we are really discouraged from walking. We are, us walkers are really oppressed, is how it feels sometimes, because you'll go down places, I mean, my neighborhood's a perfect example, where I live in this subdevelopment that's near the woods, it's right next to the woods, actually, I, I live by a trail that goes into the woods, and uh, we have sidewalks in this neighborhood because of wind and, you know, just the nature of these kinds of developments, 
from the last 15, 20 years. But if you go outside of this development, pretty quickly you'll find that the sidewalks end. And uh, that's okay. You know, I can navigate it. There's places where it's safer than others where, you know, the ditches are kind of... There's a little bit of a green belt maybe, maybe a big enough shoulder, but it still feels dangerous, and it is. Because when you're on a sidewalk, you know, I still watch every car that goes by more or less. I still stay aware, but much less aware than I do if I'm walking in a place without a sidewalk for obvious reasons. There's a lot of safety to walking on a sidewalk. But it gets me that there aren't sidewalks everywhere. And I know it, it might be a, a money thing where the city doesn't want to spend the extra money because to create this raised little sidewalk. But it, it, the effect that it has is it discourages people from walking. And I don't know what you would do because the college, you know, Evergreen State College is near my house. And it would be very, even though I live pretty close to the college and I do walk there, I do walk there, it's pretty treacherous. Because there are these 40-mile-an-hour roads. The only way to get there is through these 40-mile-an-hour roads without sidewalks. And so if you just wanted to walk to the school, you know, it's treacherous. So you'd, you'd have to rely on some sort of public transportation or drive yourself. I mean, even there's, not even, there's no bike lanes or anything either. So really, uh, you know, if you're on foot or even on a bike, it's, it's a pretty dangerous... Thing to do, and you know, if you were to go early in the morning or when it's starting to get dark, you're gonna be you. You better be in a neon suit, and you better be ready to dive into the bushes because cars aren't gonna see you, and they might not care. Because I think that's the thing about not having sidewalks is people just aren't paying attention. Because the places I'm talking about usually have a big enough shoulder or a little bit of a green belt next to the to the ditch to where. Really, you have the same amount of space that a sidewalk would give you. Sure, it's not raised like a sidewalk, because that's one major safety advantage that that sidewalks have is they're raised. A car is going to hit that raised, that little cliff, the little cliff of a sidewalk. To an action figure, that would be a cliff. To a a miniature, that would be a cliff. So a car is going to hit that, and that's going to jolt them. It's going to give you some amount of time to react. Not always. I mean, a car, if a car hits a sidewalk, they'll probably fly up on it. But there's at least something. And cars know that. And and cars also know, I mean, why am I blaming the cars? The people driving the cars, they know that if they hit the sidewalk, they could fuck their car up too. They could damage their tires, their rims. They could, you know, damage their, their front and back bumper. They could do something. And so they, they avoid it. But if there's just a shoulder or a green belt, people will weave into it because they know there's no repercussion. You can weave over the line. You can drive over the line and your car, nothing nothing is hurt except for that pedestrian you just hit because you were texting, whatever you were doing. Uh, but... Uh, you know, it just makes it dangerous, and I'm surprised there aren't more sidewalks. I'm surprised we discourage walking as much as we do. And, you know, I will walk even without sidewalks, but I have reservation. I'm totally willing to do it, and I enjoy it. I think it's a fun adventure, and you stay sharp. It keeps you sharp because you're very aware of every single car that goes by, and you're having to kind of figure out where you're going to put your body as they go by because sometimes they kind of they'll weave over into the oncoming lane, to avoid you, and those people are really nice. You really get a feel for who's conscientious and who's not in that situation. Similarly to people stopping for pedestrians at crosswalks. 
someone who stops for a pedestrian at a crosswalk, someone who kind of weaves into the oncoming lane when nobody else is coming to avoid a pedestrian who doesn't have a sidewalk, that's a conscientious person. And right now, I feel like uh, that's kind of at a a premium. I don't know if that'd be the right way to put it. I just I feel very grateful for the people who are conscientious behind the wheel right now. And maybe it's in my head, and I'm not I'm I'm trying very hard not to focus on the negative things I see people doing. Because right now we just we have such limited interaction with each other that we can't afford to focus on those things. And I feel like we can't afford it normally either. But right now, especially. And so I'm not trying to think of all the people who won't stop for me in a crosswalk, but I've noticed an increase. And I feel like part of that is the sort of white-knuckle terror people are living in. And, and maybe that's an exaggeration. Maybe, that, maybe I'm dramatizing the situation. But people are all in this sort of survivor mindset. They're, as much as people are thinking about each other by wearing masks and staying inside, there's also you know, a me aspect uh, to survival, and I feel like people who are driving cars, first of all, they're driving very fast. I've noticed a lot more reckless driving and just absent-minded driving. But I've also noticed that fewer people seem to be conscientious of pedestrians, and so that's something to be aware of. But it is this kind of me-against-the-world attitude that people have normally, but I feel like right now, as much as this does bring out some sort of altruistic, people-oriented way of thinking, it can also bring out this very self-centered survivalism that means, like, I can't stop for that person. I'm not going to stop for that person. I got to get to the grocery store. You know, it does bring that out of people, but what confuses me about the sidewalk situation is sometimes the city will force a house, say someone's remodeling their house or building a new house, the city will force them to build a sidewalk that stretches along the front perimeter, I guess you would say, the front of their house, the front of their property. They'll force them to put a sidewalk in, but there will be a sidewalk nowhere else. And talking about these roads near my house that don't have sidewalks, you will see little patches of sidewalks, but they're completely pointless. There is no point to them. There's a church like that, too, a church that I've gone to. Not, not that I've gone to for services, but a church where I just walk around because they have a big piece of property. And they have a sidewalk just in front of the church, but everything else, no sidewalk. So it's like you get this, I guess it's a breather. I shouldn't be mad about it. I shouldn't, once again, just like I shouldn't think of the people who are being inconsiderate in their cars, I shouldn't focus on them right now. I shouldn't, fo- I, I shouldn't see it as a glass half empty. I shouldn't think of all the places that don't have sidewalks in this area. I should think about the places that do. Because the nice thing about walking in an area without any sidewalks is that when you do come across one of these weird city-mandated sidewalks that's like just 15 feet of sidewalk in front of a house or building, it's a breather. Because you get on that sidewalk and you think, oh, for this... Two seconds. For two seconds, I don't have to worry about oncoming cars. For two seconds, I don't have to worry about getting hit. So that's maybe that's what they're there for. They're they're breathers. Here's a little breathers. You don't you don't have to worry for a second. But here's some advice, and I feel like this is just something every everything I feel like this is something everybody should know. And maybe it's something that most people know. 
it was something that was told to me as a kid, but it just it's one of those things that just becomes self-evident when you're out walking. And that's that you should be facing, whether you're on a sidewalk or not, this is something that, this rule applies to sidewalks as well as it does ditches, as well as it does the shoulder. No matter where you're walking, if you're walking along a road of any sort, you walk toward oncoming traffic. If you're on a bicycle, you go with the flow because word to the bicyclist, but you're a freaking vehicle. I know you think that you have more rights than cars and pedestrians, and I would agree that you do have more rights than cars, but a lot of bicyclists are really inconsiderate to pedestrians, but that's a whole other topic. I don't, I'm trying to avoid getting negative here. But anyway, whether, you know, a bicyclist should go with the flow of traffic because vehicles should all go the same way, but a pedestrian should walk toward oncoming traffic, and you might think that sounds crazy. But you're less likely to get hit because you can see what they're doing and you can react. And that also prevents people from pulling up alongside of you. Kidnappers, harassers, whatever they are, it also prevents them from pulling up alongside you because they're going past you. And and if they're going to stop, you can see them start to stop. And you're going the opposite way from their car. So you can outrun them. You can avoid them. So you always want to go toward oncoming traffic. It gives you more options. You know, if nothing else, if a car is barreling toward you and let's say they start to swerve toward you, you can dive into a bush, even a sticker bush. You can dive into that and you're going to be better off doing that than getting hit by that car. But if you're walking with the flow of traffic, they're going to hit you from behind and you won't even know. So you want to walk toward traffic, but that can create an issue because sometimes I'll be walking against the flow of traffic, but somebody will be walking toward me going with the flow of traffic. And again, it gets into this game of chicken and I want to scream at them. I want to say, listen, the rules of the road are that traffic goes this way. The rules of the sidewalk, the rules of the shoulder are that pedestrians go this way. You know, I know it doesn't seem that way because you think everything should just go the same way, but no, you want... So it's like if somebody is coming toward me and they're going with the flow of traffic and we only have a limited lane to walk in, I expect them to go to the other side of the road because they should be walking toward oncoming traffic. That's the safer way to walk. And since a lot of people seem to be new walkers, you know, they they learned how to walk as babies, but they've really only walked when they're trying to get somewhere as adults. I don't think they know this. I don't think they know about the flow of pedestrian traffic, which is to walk toward oncoming cars. And if this sounds like a joke, it's not. And I take it very seriously. And the other side of this is if you were walking on a sidewalk, it doesn't matter which side of the road the sidewalk is on, but on the sidewalk itself, it follows the, 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 the lanes are similar to the lanes of a road, where if you're walking on a, on a sidewalk, hug the right side. We're not in England. You know, just because you're walking on a sidewalk and not driving a car doesn't mean that suddenly we're operating under English law where you go on the left side. Or worse, it doesn't mean that there are no laws to walk, there's no rules to walking on the sidewalk. Hug the right side. 
And that's even better because if you're hugging the right side of the sidewalk, you're the one who's closer to the oncoming cars and you can react to them. Because if you're walking on the sidewalk and you're hugging the left side, you're, you're, you're going to get hit from behind or somebody's going to pull up and kidnap you. They're going to put you in a potato sack. You know, they're going to they're gonna put you in a potato sack, toss you in the trunk. You know, that could happen to you. So the laws of the sidewalk are that you, you go the same direction that cars go, but, but you also have to remember that you... And, and in doing that, though, you end up facing oncoming traffic because if you hug the right side, if you stay in the right lane within the sidewalk, you're going to face oncoming cars. I could do a diagram, and I hope that I, hope that I don't need to. I hope that I'm creating enough of a visual here that anybody who needs this information can easily understand it. And when I say anybody who needs it, I mean everybody, because everybody needs this information if they don't already know it. I could write a book about how to walk. Yeah, you learned how to walk as a baby and everybody clapped, but it turns out you, you didn't learn the rules that us serious walkers have learned through experience. Uh, but that's important to me. It's important that people understand how to walk, especially in this time of walking, especially in a time where more people are realizing the joy and freedom of getting out walking and not being cooped up all the time and walking just to walk because air is great, because moving your legs is great, because your mind works differently when you walk for all those reasons. You know, the laws of the sidewalk. And uh, the laws of the liquid rock. The, you know, there's, there's rules to everything, and they're not laws. They're not, you're not going to read these on, the government's not going to tell you this. Although they, why don't they? You know, the government has all these laws about driving. Why doesn't, and they, they build these sidewalks. The city, the government builds sidewalks. Why don't they have rules about the sidewalk? Why don't they have guidelines? You know, why are people forced to come up with this? It's like our entire world is super governed. You know, they try to tell us how to do everything. And then it's like when you're walking on sidewalks, it's just anarchy. When you're walking on a sidewalk, it's anarchy. And the other thing, too, is if you're walking with people, this is an important one, too, if you're walking with people, it's okay to kind of create a horizontal, a horizontal line so that you can all talk to each other, but be very mindful, keep, an, you know, keep, turn around, keep, you know, look behind you, be conscious of the fact that somebody might be walking faster than you or running from behind because this has happened to me a lot when I'm out running or if I'm, I, I walk pretty fast too, not to brag, but I walk pretty fast. And a lot of times I'll come up behind people and because they're together, they've created this wall. They've created this barricade and they're, they're totally unaware of the fact that somebody's coming up from behind them, which is to their detriment too. Thank God I'm not a mugger. Thank God I don't have a potato sack that I'm going to put over their heads and, and you know, take them away, you know, because... For your own safety, you should be aware of people approaching from behind, but also for just basic etiquette, you know, because people need to pass you. And the amount of times that I've had to go into the road just to get around other pedestrians who don't know I'm coming from behind, you know, just the amount of times I've had to do that, not that I'm, you know, not that it's 
not that my life sucks because of it, not that it's ruined my life to have to occasionally go around people, but it's one of those things where be mindful and be ready to drop into single file at any given time to let people pass. Because people will even do that. It's it's bad enough when it's somebody coming from behind and they've created this wall that you can't pass. But sometimes people will do that even when they're coming toward you, when they see you coming. There are people who, like, they'll kind of turn their shoulder, but they give you, like, two inches to pass by them. You know, they can see you coming, and there's, like, three of them t- blocking the whole sidewalk so that they can talk about their mother-in-law's Mother's-in-law is how you say it, not mother-in-laws, because the mothers are what's multiple, not the laws. But uh, they're talking about their mother's-in-law, and uh, they see you coming, and they still don't get out of the way. That's what gets me. I've had to get into the road to avoid... I've, I, and, I, and to be totally honest, I used to do this a little bit more, and it's not like... I could probably count the number of times on one hand... But I've straight up like banged shoulders with people before just because I'm pissed off that they won't get out of my way. And I will get out of people's way. I will. I mean, there was a situation. I was in California a few, a few years ago with a couple friends, and we were, we were at a very crowded event. And there was only a, a very small line. Nobody was following any kind of rules on this sidewalk in front of this event. And these two guys were approaching in this limited lane, and you know what? I stepped out of the way. But my friend, he, tur- he came to me, and, he, and he, he brought me to the side, and he said, Hey, Eric, you know, there's three of us and two of them. You didn't need to get out of their way. They should have gotten out of our way. And I was like, you know what? I feel stronger, and I feel more powerful by getting out of their way in this situation. I won't do that every time. But in that situation, I just felt, you know, there was actually, it was easier for me to get out of their way than it was for them to get out of my way. So I just felt like it was the right thing to do. It wasn't about pride or ego or any of that. But there have been situations where like I've been approaching people and there's a wall of them. I've even done it to two people. I've even like where people haven't gotten out of my way. And like I said, I'm, I'm conscientious and I try to, I try to make it as, I, I just want a little lane. I want a little lane so that I can pass through without having to go into the road. But sometimes people won't do that. And I've banged shoulders with two people. I mean, I could have gotten my ass kicked. Like, I've gone in between two people who are friends who won't make a lane. And I've banged shoulders with both of them before. And uh, it's weird. It's something you you don't expect. Like, you expect somebody just to cower. And so I I have been kind of confrontational in that way when I feel like someone has just not, you know, when they don't have sidewalk tact. They don't, they don't have sidewalk etiquette. So, you know, I'm not afraid to do that. I won't do that anymore. It's not important enough. Um, but, yeah, it's a weird, it's a really fucking weird feeling, though, when you just bang shoulders with somebody. Because I'm expecting it, but they're kind of like, what, what? And I just keep moving. But I'm looking over my shoulder constantly. You know, if I'm walking, I, I, you know, if I'm walking, I'm, I'm constantly checking behind me. Like if somebody is oncoming toward me and they pass me, especially if they're a man, I mean, only if they're a man, I always look behind me just to make sure that they didn't like do a U-turn and start following me or, or something. I always make sure, you know, I'm very conscientious. You might call me paranoid. I would admit to being hypervigilant. 
I would like to say I'm simply vigilant. I don't think I'm paranoid. But, uh, you know, I do keep an eye out. If somebody passes me and, and they're a, a man, I, you know, and maybe it'll be a woman one day. Maybe it will, maybe I'm wrong and someday a woman will pass by me and I don't look over my shoulder and it turns out she does a U-turn and stabs me right in the back with a big kitchen knife. Clearly I said kitchen knife because I'm a misogynist. Why couldn't I have said a woman stabbed me with uh, a switchblade? Or a hunting knife. I had to say a kitchen knife. No, but, uh, you know, maybe one day, you know, that's what's going to happen. But I, I know how things work, and, you know, you got to keep an eye out for the men. People aren't typically mugged by women. You hear, you know, people... Women don't typically break into houses on their own initiative, They'll do, the, they'll do it as accomplices to men in the same way that, like, a woman will lure a man to the mugger. You know, in, in the same way that a woman will typically do that. You don't typically see the women who just confront somebody, even with a weapon. You know, you don't hear stories about a woman just going up to somebody on the streets of New York with a gun and saying, give me the money. You just don't hear about it very often. And, of course, it exists. Of course, it's happened of course, that happens, but it's the exception. So that it's the same sort of logic why I'm not concerned about... I'm more concerned about them not being afraid of me. It goes back to the walking in the woods thing I've talked about, where it's not my job... My only jo- If I'm walking in the woods and there's a lone woman approaching, my job is simply to do nothing to make her feel threatened. It's not my job to say hi, even. It's not even my job to be friendly. It's simply my job to get out of her way and not, not communicate any kind of threat or danger or anything at all. It's more about me in that situation, what, me not doing what we know men are capable of doing. That's my only job in that situation. And so that's the, it's the same way I feel when I see a woman on the street. But I see a man, I'm looking behind me. And I'm very good at this kind of, I've learned this technique over the years where I won't like, you know, because it's embarrassing to completely turn your, it's, it, you don't want to be a rubberneck and you don't want to like completely turn your head behind you like you're trying to do like a Beetlejuice impression and like break your neck. I've learned this technique where I kind of, it looks like I'm just looking at something to my left, like a house or just something. It looks like I'm just checking something out to my left. But my eyes are looking behind me. <laughs> I say this like it's some well-honed technique when it's like all it means is you turn your head kind of to the left and then allow your eyes to look even further to the left. But in doing so, you check behind yourself without looking like you're a, a paranoid freak. It's just a little technique I've learned. Just a little technique. You know, when you're as into walking as I am, you learn this stuff. You develop this stuff. You learn the rules, you learn the laws, you learn how to look. And it's an immersive experience. You know, you're aware of everything, especially if there's no sidewalk. You are ultra aware. You are truly in the moment. Because you have to be careful where you're even stepping. I mean, tonight I was on a walk, today I was on a walk, and I'm not above walking in ditches to avoid cars, but it's humiliating. 
it is humiliating when you have to walk in a ditch. And, you know, people throw gross things into ditches. Not too much around here. But still, there's something kind of humiliating about having to step into a ditch. I mean, it's a ditch. And uh, But I, I accidentally, like, I thought there was, you know, more space to walk. And I kind of had to step into this ditch. And it just kind of felt embarrassing. But it's one of the things that's available to you. You know, if nothing else, I'd rather step into a ditch. I'd rather fall into a ditch than get hit by a car. So, you know, ditches aren't just, uh, ditches are for your own protection. They're the moats of the road. Ditches are the moats of the road. That's my beat poetry. That's my Jack Kerouac impression. Whose who's poetry I've never read. How many things do I make fun of that I've never actually read or experienced? That's the age-old question. How many things have I mocked and parodied that I don't even I don't even know what they are? Never even seen them. Never even heard it. Uh, but I do know that ditches are the moats of the road. This land is mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children can run free, so take